Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges, and this is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Word of God. We're looking at the Bible, trying to best understand God's message to us so that we can be followers of Christ. We're working our way through 1 John. This is episode 18, and we're finishing up chapter 2 of 1 John. So chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. So let's read the passage. John says, So now, little children, remain in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know this as well. Everyone who does what is right has been born of him. He has been making the case of we need to be sure that we are in him. How do we know that we are in him? We know that we are in him because we're following him. Followers of Christ follow Christ. And so those who follow him do what he says, do what he did, and follow him. And believe rightly about him. Believe the gospel message about him. So his message up to this point has been really focused on being in him. Now he's making a little shift, and he's going to start talking now about being ready for his return. So verse 28 begins with a little shift in language here. He says, so now, little children. Little children's a term he's been using. He's uh, referring to these people, these churches, as people he's concerned about. Now, John is well known. John was one of Jesus' disciples, one of the apostles, one of those who were even in that inner circle of the ones closest to Jesus. John is, uh, is well-known. John's well-respected. He's uh, referred to as John the Elder. And so he is an elder statesman in the area, and very well-respected, but he's speaking to these people in these churches as people he feels not just a relationship with, but a responsibility for. And so he uses the term little children. These are people he does not want to be led astray. These are people he wants to see grow in that relationship with Christ and thrive as followers of Christ. So he says, so now little children remain in him. This is a concept he's been talking about, remaining in him. This uh, Christian Standard Bible here uses the uh, translation remain in him. Some Bibles use the word abide because this is the same word that John uses in his gospel in chapter 15, that passage that talks about abiding in Christ, the vine and the branches. Here's how you're going to get through this. You're going to abide in me. And the word can be translated abide. The can be translated as remain. So this translation chooses remain. So when he says remain in him, he's using the same language that Jesus used back in the Gospel of John chapter 15. Abide in me. So as we're making the shift from being in him, which is abiding in him, to now being ready for his return, the the key element is to remain in him, that is abide in him. And he says the reason, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Now notice he uses we, he doesn't say you, because I want you guys to be ready. He says he includes himself in there. We all want to be ready. When Jesus returns, we want to be ready. I don't just want you to be ready. I want us all to be ready. So he includes himself in in this process. So when he appears, 
Jesus is going to appear. He's going to come back in an actual physical second coming, just as he did at the first coming when Jesus came uh, back in the first century. So he is going to come again physically. And he's making this point specifically because the, the false teachers, the Antichrist, are denying that. They said there was no real physical Christ. It was just the Christ spirit who uh, took over Jesus, the physical man. So John's making the point, no, no, Jesus is the physical man. Jesus is the Christ. And he is coming, returning as the Christ at his second coming. We want to remain in him so that when he comes back at second time, when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed. Notice the contrast. When Jesus comes back, we want to have confidence when he comes back, not be ashamed. These are the, the polar opposites. When Jesus returns, what do you want it to be like? What do you want your condition with Jesus to be? What do you want your standing with Jesus to be? When Jesus returns and is likely to be very unexpected, think about it this way. If Jesus were to just unexpectedly appear, and that's most likely the case, what would you like to be doing when he comes in? Would you like to be busy about the master's business? Or would you like to be engaging in sinful behavior or just general laziness and slothfulness. You know, it's where we would all say, well, I'd really like to, for Jesus to, to walk in as I'm just really doing something really incredible in the realm of ministry. That's the point that John is making. I want you guys to abide in Christ. I want you guys to be close to Jesus. I want you guys to be remaining in him so that when he returns, you're not going to be ashamed. Instead, you're going to have confidence. Now, why would we be ashamed? One of the terms he uses here, he says, and I'll be ashamed for him at his coming. The word he uses that gets translated as coming here is parousia. And that's a word that, well, it has its own English meaning in theology. If you talk to any theologian and talk about the parousia, you're talking about the second coming of Christ. Because what well, it means coming Throughout the New Testament, sometimes it's used just to talk about a person coming, arriving. But generally it is used of the second coming of Christ, the parousia of Christ, his second coming. And there's just some things that, based on all that we're told about his second coming, that are going to happen. There's a lot of unknowns, but some things are, are pretty well fixed. There's going to be the resurrection of the dead. There's going to be the gathering of Jesus' people to himself. And there's going to be judgment. And that's the, the aspect I think John's speaking of here, about having confidence or being ashamed. Jesus is going to show up and go over his notes. There's going to be judgment. There's going to be accounting of what we've been doing, of how we've been living. And so we will either respond with confidence, because we've been following him closely, or there's going to be ashamed. Now, this idea of the parousia, the second coming of Jesus. Well, there's a lot of books that have been written about this, a lot of conjecture about this. John doesn't get into that. And in fact, often, it's not really the details are not really addressed in the New Testament. It's more the certainty 
of it going to happen. Sometimes there's some details. There'll be wars and rumors of wars, but that's not it. This will be the, the detail. But more importantly is always the, but be ready. Be ready when he comes. Yeah, there'll be some things that happen that might point to it, but the point is be ready because he's going to come. And generally, more often than just details about it, it's uh, the unexpectedness. He's going to come like a thief in the night. You don't know when the thief in the night is coming. That's why it's a surprise. Jesus is going to return like that. It's going to be a surprise. And despite all of everyone's best conjecture and, and uh, trying to assemble all the pieces and, and make a timeline and make a great prediction on when Jesus is coming, I, I think one thing we'll probably all see when uh, Jesus does return is they were all wrong. Just as he caught everybody by surprise when he came the first time, we look back and say, how could they have missed it? They had all of the prophecies of the Old Testament. Well, I think when he comes again, we're all going to stand by and say, I didn't see that coming. And so it's not like we'll be able to know, oh, he's coming back and, and time it down. And say, well, now I'll get ready. The challenge is be ready now because you don't know when he's coming. So be ready now. And so John's saying, so remain in him, abide in him, because he is coming, and you want to be ready when he comes. Then verse 29, if you know that he is righteous, why is that a big deal? Well, he's the one that's going to be exercising judgment. So we have the confidence that if we've been righteous and he is righteous, his judgment will be righteous, we can have confidence looking forward to his judgment. We don't need to be afraid of that. This, this first phrase in, in verse 20, if you know that he's righteous, you know this as well. I won't make too big a point of it, but he uses two different words for no here. He uses the word Edo for the first no and the word Genosko for the second no. And there's a somewhat of a nuance. He may not mean it, but the fact that he uses two different words means he might be making a point here that this first no is more of an absolute intuitive no. This is something you just know. The second one is something you know from experience. That is, it's something you've, you've learned. And so if we take those nuances, he says, if you know this, if you just know absolutely, intuitively, that he is righteous, then you'll know through experience this as well. What is it then that we would know, that we would learn through experience? Everyone who does what is right has been born of him. So if you know about Jesus, if you know the truth of Jesus, well then the thing you're going to know as a result of that is that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. Now this is the first time we see being born of him in John's letter. John talked about this a lot in his gospel being born again, being born of God, being born of the Spirit. So he, he mentions it several times actually in his letter, and he, he continues that I, idea of being born of him. Now the gospel, the being born again aspect, the being born of the Spirit, being born of God, are all more of an experience, something he's calling people to experience. Come be born of God. In faith, come to God, experience forgiveness of sin, an adoption by God, and be born again. 
Now in his letter here, First John, he speaks of it more as a, an idea of evidence. Those who have been born of him, this is what they look like. When we normally talk about somebody coming to Christ, we say, you don't need to clean up your act to come to Christ. You come to Christ in faith. Come as you are. You need to repent and have a change in heart, but you don't need to act better to come to Christ. When you come to Christ and are born again, the Holy Spirit will work in your heart, work in your life to clean up your act. And that's all true. But John's looking at it down the road. Now, if you got a lot of issues, you come to Christ, and there is no cleaning up of your act, then as John's been talking through throughout the first and second chapters of this letter, where is the evidence that you actually have come to Christ, that you actually have been born again? So in his letter, he's taken the position that the people who are doing right, the people whose act has been cleaned up, those are the one who have been born of God. So it's, it's not a, a work salvation at all. It's uh, back to the, the evidence of being a child of God. You know that Jesus is righteous. Well, because of that, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. This is all setting the stage or making the, the shift to talking about being ready for the return of Jesus. He is coming back. When? We don't know. The, the thing that was making so incredibly clear in, in the New Testament is we don't know when it's going to happen. It's going to catch us by surprise. So we need to live in a state of readiness, ready for him to return, anxious for him to return. And that's, that's one of those the questions for us uh, at a gut level. Am I anxious for Jesus to return? Or do I have a lot of stuff really going on? And I'd rather you know, schedule that down the road sometime. If so, it's, that's a real challenge, a heart challenge of, well, do, will I have the confidence for him to return now? Or will I be ashamed? And then that goes back to, well, am I really abiding in him? How's my relationship with Christ? How's my relationship with God? That's the challenge for us. If our relationship is good, and growing, we should be anxious for his return and know that we can have confidence when he returns. Well, thanks for joining me. Join me next time as we continue in 1 John and we actually start in chapter 3.